This is Big Sky Lead, a dive into the stories about how government and politics drive the direction of Montana. This podcast is from the reporters of the Montana State News Bureau in Helena, your eyes and ears on state government. It's produced by me, Tom Bridge. Our team brings you their reporting and the stories behind the coverage as the Montana State Legislature meets in an unprecedented session. Today was Wednesday, January 20th, uh, Inauguration Day in Washington, D.C., and while we were expecting the possibility of protesters or people gathering at the state capitol here in Helena, it turned out to be a calm day on that front. There was some more law enforcement in the building, but not as heavy as some were expecting, and really nobody came to make any sort of statement. That came as a nice surprise after last week, the FBI had issued a bulletin warning of armed protests at all 50 state capitals. Seaborn, you were there today. So was I and Holly. Uh, can you walk us through um, what it what it looked like when you got there? Yeah, it was certainly a quieter morning than we all expected, aside from the police presence that was there. And even that felt uh, really measured. We saw Helena City Police and Montana State Troopers sort of circling the building. Um, a trooper stationed outside the governor's mansion a few blocks away, but it wasn't an aggressive presence. Um, inside right around the time legislative hearings are getting started. We saw officers with canine dogs sort of milling around, sniffing down the hallways. Um, a few other troopers strolled through the legislature as, you know, committee hearings kind of continued as with business as usual. Yeah. I mean, you know, we took that stroll around this morning just to see what it looked like. Um, and visibly it really seems no different than any other day inside the Capitol. Um, there were a couple of rooms that you could tell were um, kind of staging areas for law enforcement. Um, doors were cracked, and you could see them full of law enforcement. Um, and actually, there um, there was one in the basement because uh, you would see them walking up and down the basement. Um, I think because they were using the restroom at the end of the hall. So, but other than that, um, there really wasn't any sort of visible. Um, police force inside. Um, Can you, you spent more time outside Seaborn. What did it look like outside um, the Capitol today? Aside from law enforcement, um, the only, the first and only protester that I saw uh, today was actually a Biden supporter. Someone who showed up around 9am retired guy, John Vory. And he came there to counter the anticipated Trump crowd which never came. It was really unexpected to him. Like all this buildup had gone on over the last week or so really uh, for nothing. Yeah. And, and I took a stroll around the Capitol this afternoon. Um, and as I was walking back, there was a gentleman, an older gentleman on the phone. Um, he was wearing a hat with the, uh, we, the people script um, on it. And he, he saw that I had a press badge and he asked where the peaceful protest was today. And, um, I told him we hadn't seen one yet. And so he kind of milled around and then ended up leaving. Um, so, you know, it really didn't end up being a big demonstration or, or a demonstration really for any of that matter. Right. Seaborn. Yeah. You know, the whole, um, expected crowd, sort of dissolved in the last week. Uh, Sheriff Leo Dutton called, told me he's here in uh, Lewis and Clark County. 
And he had told me that he'd actually spoken with uh, five groups. He didn't want to name who they were, but um, five groups that had organized and were reported to have plans to, to come to the legislature and protest on Wednesday. Leo Dutton told me it wasn't in their best interest to, to riot or disrupt the legislature on Wednesday. Um, even though they weren't happy with the outcome of the election, they didn't feel it was an appropriate uh, time to, to kind of share their thoughts on that. And so, um, you know, looking at at the um, reactions and, and the events across the country today, we didn't really see much of, of anything pop up anywhere, especially in Washington, D.C., where uh, Biden's inauguration went through pretty much as planned. Uh, Holly, was there any mention of the inauguration um, inside the legislature today? Yeah, I was on the House floor for their session and Representative Mafi Funk, a Democrat, just sort of acknowledged it and acknowledged the uh, historical element of Vice President Harris being a woman of color. And then uh, Representative Brad Cheetah, a Republican from Missoula, he talked about his frustration and the frustration he thought lawmakers should share with him about Biden um, ending the Keystone Pipeline project, um, which happened in executive order today. So that was kind of the the bulk of it. Oh, and there was um, Representative Denley Logie had the house sing. Um, what did they say? Oh, he had the house sing God Bless America. So that was kind of the sum that I saw from that uh while wednesday was not as tense as um some people may have um expected it to be the whole week has been packed with contentious legislation heard inside the building on monday we heard a pair of bills that target trans student athletes and tuesday and wednesday the house judiciary committee took up bills that would limit access to abortion in montana holly we have these kinds of abortion bills introduced every session but this year, they're coming in a much different environment with a Republican governor who has made clear he doesn't support abortion. Is that changing much of the debate? Yeah, it's it's kind of yes and no. And it's pretty interesting to watch. I covered a lot of similar bills last session, and there was some really tense moments after a Senate Judiciary mm -hmm. Committee that I think folks actually tried to get law enforcement involved just because of the heightened emotions and testimony around this bill. So we're not seeing that so far yet this session, but we are seeing it's different in ways you're hearing proponents reference these past vetoes by former Democratic governors and making pretty clear that they're really aware of the different scenario. Or we have Republican Governor Greg Gianforte, who's made, like you said, really clear he doesn't support abortion. And then opponents to this legislation are all almost essentially promising legal action if these bills pass. So there's a lot of acknowledgement of what the really likely outcome is here. Eugene Forte, and this is pretty common for past governors, like they don't say what they would do on a bill that would hypothetically reach their desk until it's mm -hmm. there. But Gianforte has made really clear, you know, during the election, there was a really tense moment in debate debate with him and former Lieutenant Governor Mike Cooney, Democrat, who's running against about one of these pieces of legislation, the so-called Born Alive bill. And Gianforte made really clear that he would support that kind of legislation. So definitely different landscape. What, what about the constitutionality of these bills? That has to be a part of the conversation in these hearings, right? 
Yeah. So it's what's super interesting to me. There's a ton of ins and outs that we can get into. And that framework is the same no matter where you are in the country. But Montana is really different. So the U.S. Constitution under the Roe v. Wade um, Supreme Court ruling from the 70s that upheld that the Constitution protects a woman's right to access an abortion. Montana has this really unique constitutional guarantee of privacy in our state constitution that goes a lot further. There's an elite, uh, there's a legal analysis on one of these bills that said, you know, for the state to do something like this, the government has to really demonstrate this compelling interest for infringing on a woman's right to make choices about healthcare. So it really cues up a different battle in Montana. So have you talked to uh, Democratic leadership about their plan to push back against some of these bills? Yeah, I talked to the minority leader in the House, Representative Kim Abbott of Helena, and I asked Abbott what Democrats would do because they made really clear that opposing this kind of legislation is a key goal of their caucus this session. And Republicans on the other side of the aisle made really clear that passing this legislation is really important to them. And Abbott, you know, she was saying that they're going to try to find a coalition with some Republicans that will be willing to oppose these bills with them. But even though there is this moderate faction of Republicans that we talk about in the session, you in sessions past, these bills have gotten their support. So Abbott acknowledged it's a pretty big uphill battle. And I think, you know, not to say 100% for sure that these are going to pass and get signed, but I think that's a pretty safe bet. So Holly, um, like you said, we heard a pair of bills on Monday that target trans student athletes. Um, what happened there and what's the future of those? Yeah, so one bill would require athletes at high schools, colleges, and universities to participate in sports that align with the gender that's assigned at their birth. So it would stop, for example, a trans woman from participating in sports for women. And then the second would find doctors for for providing gender-affirming medications and surgery to transgender minors. We heard far, far, far more opposition to those bills than support. Those are up for a vote on Thursday um, in the House Judiciary Committee along with those abortion bills. So it'll be interesting to see with all the opposition that they've got where that ends up. All right. Thanks, Holly. Uh, Tom, uh, you last episode you talked about um, you wanted to look at uh, some legislation pertaining to wolves. And since then, you've published a story about um, legislation pertaining to wolves. Uh, why don't you share with us w- where you went with that? Sure, Tom. So um, every session, you're going to see your share of bills dealing with wolves. Um, as long as we've been doing doing this legislative coverage, um, they're always a you know a pretty hot button topic. And and this uh, this 21 session is uh, absolutely no different. Um, so. Most of the wolf legislation revolves around two lawmakers. Um, that would be Senator Bob Brown and Representative Paul Fielder. They're both Republicans from Thompson Falls. Um, they're both bringing multiple bills um, that would deal with wolves um, and trapping. So um, if you're not going to get any more uh, contentious with wolves, then throw trapping in the mix. And, and it certainly uh, gets for some definitely some spirited uh, committee hearings. Um, I, I should stress that where all these bills are at is still in the draft phase. Um, they haven't been scheduled yet. Um, 
fielder has has a few bills that are drafted and, and bob brown told me he's going to introduce two of his bills so so what what uh what would some of these bills seek to do so um maybe we'll start with bob brown's bills um last session um and actually it was it was kind of a, a lighthearted moment because he he brought several wolf management bills that session too but he actually uh howled on the house floor um <laughs> to try to whip support for his bills but um He's going to bring a bill that would allow uh, a reimbursement payment uh, for um, somebody who takes a wolf in Montana. Um, so what does that mean? Um, right now, um, it is legal, according to Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, uh, to pay somebody for effort. And that means that, hey, I'm a rancher. I have problems with wolves on my land, and I'm going to pay somebody to go out and try to trap them. Um, under Brown's bill, it would be legal to pay them actually per wolf that they take out. Um, that's based in, in part on a program out of Idaho that um, is called the Foundation for Wildlife Management. Um, and they uh, pay people who harvest wolves in that state anywhere from 500 to $1,000, depending on where they get that, that animal from. So this would effectively be a bounty on wolves, right? Well, I, I think it depends who your who your definition of uh, who you're looking for for a definition. Certainly, opponents of the bill are characterizing it as a bounty, um, but Bob Brown, what he says is that no, this is based on receipts. This is a true reimbursement program. You have to prove your cost before somebody can can pay you for for uh, for a wolf. So this is currently not our management approach in the state. Um, what? Why, what are opponents saying why this shouldn't be? Um, and what sort of evidence is there to suggest from the proponents that this is an effective management approach? So the, the people who are against this, I think, see this as as, as a strategy. I think I, I characterize it of as annihilation rather than sound management. Um both of these lawmakers come from an area of the state where they have some of the, the highest concentrations of wolves. Um, certainly anywhere in the lower 48, um, they're hearing from deer and elk hunters who are not happy about um, uh, the wolf numbers there and think their numbers should be reduced. Uh, Brown's also bringing another bill, which would um, actually be a really fundamental change. Um, and, and you kind of really have to understand how Montana classifies wildlife to understand how this would work. Um, there's big game animals. Everybody knows, you know, elk, deer, mountain lions, black bears. Um, a wolf is, um, classified as a species in need of management. Um, what that means is that the state, um, fish and game, fish, wildlife and parks gets, gets to regulate that. Um, but what Brown's bill would do would, um, change that designation to a predator. Um, no, what that would mean is that they would be managed the same as coyotes. Um, and if you know anything about uh, regulations on coyotes that really aren't a lot. Um, you can hunt them, shoot them, trap them year round. Um, any hours of the day, you can shoot them at night. Um, so this would be a really fundamental um, change. And it, it does have people who are looking at this bill, um, some of them that are opposed to it concerned. So what bills is does Fielder have in the hopper? Um, so fielders bills are, are largely to do with, um, trapping. So what he wants to do is, um, change the regulations that would allow snares for, for trapping wolves. Um, he's also, um, drafted a bill that would, uh, 
kind of set the uh, the wolf trapping and seasons a little bit longer. Um, that has some interesting implications because um, part of the reason the the uh, the seasons are or are a little bit shorter for wolves as a as opposed to other animals because they uh, they're they're concerned that um, bears won't be hibernating and they're going to have these these uh, larger traps out uh, during that time. Uh, and then the last bill he's bringing is one that would um, when it, there's something called the sportsman combination license. It's where you just go and with one license you get your elk, deer, upland bird. Um, that would um, add a wolf license. Um, he did uh, initially ask for a bill that would um, allow hunting of wolves at night, um, but he has since put that on hold. So that was a bill Bob Brown brought last session, and that was also a pretty contentious bill. So these bills have not been introduced and they have not been heard yet. Uh, so we don't really have a clear picture as to how they're going to survive uh, votes from fellow legislators or do we? I think you can look a little bit at last session, um, the wolf reimbursement or bounty bill, whatever you want to call it. Um, that didn't make it through the hunting at night. Didn't make it through. Um, but as we talked about with all this, this is a different, this is a different legislature. Um, there's fewer Democrats. Um, there's a Republican in the, um, in the governor's chair. And, um, you know, if there was going to be a session that these would be successful, this this would certainly um, probably bode well for people who are in favor of the, the sorts of policies. So, Tom, um, what are the main concerns people are bringing about this this wolf management and trapping legislation? So, uh, when, when you do talk to the people who are opposed to trapping or, um, you know, our wolf advocates, um one thing we've heard is that this is sort of a policy of uh, annihilation rather than management. Um, and what that means is that they're coming out and saying that if Montana goes down this road of uh, really trying to reduce wolf numbers, um, that, that um, advocacy groups are going to really push to try to get wolves listed back on the endangered species list. Um, that would mean an end to basically all hunting and trapping in Montana for wolves. All right, folks. That's another episode of Big Sky Lead. Uh, if you want to keep hearing this podcast, subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom.